every time I think about that movie, I think about bumping pelvises. Not about bumping pelvises, about the line bumping pelvises. I just want to make that clear for those watching or listening. Sit back, it's time to get groovy. Question, do you remember that movie? Welcome back to Remember That Movie. I am the third Alejandro Rosa on IMDb. And I'm Steve Johnston, not on IMDb. And we are, guess, I guess it depends. We are either in your ears or you're watching us on YouTube. Either way is fine. We welcome all. Um, this time, we're going to talk about something that I picked. But first, we're going to do what we're calling the fast forward. We're always going back in time for these films, for this uh, podcast. So let's fast forward and see what we're watching. Are you watching anything, Steve? I am. Uh, as you know, and now I will share with the listeners, uh, last week I caught a cold. And one of the things that I do when I have a cold is I actually watch things on TV. So I have been working my way slowly but surely through Our Flag Means Death on HBO, which is absolutely fantastic. And then, uh, since I mentioned her last time, I believe, uh, my daughter, who has a uh, big interest in stop-motion animation, uh, watched Kubo and the Two Strings this past week, which was also that. excellent. Mm -hmm. And what have you, sir, what have you been watching? If anything. If always something. I'm always watching something. Let's see. I didn't watch any weird Keanu Reeves movies this time. Oh. Uh, I finished The Bear season two. It was excellent. And I started watching The Great. It's oh, a, yes. Yes. I've been meaning to start that. It's quite good. The writing is excellent. It is funny. It's dark. It's funny. It's, it's really great. So I'm really enjoying that. Excellent. Um, I heard that What We Do in the Shadows has started a new season. They've started posting the episodes. So I need to start watching that, but that doesn't count because I haven't started watching it yet. And I told myself, don't bring that up because you haven't watched it yet. Okay. Um, what did I say? The Great Bear. That's it. I think that's it. it. Yeah, not very exciting. I haven't been watching a lot. Not so. very exciting. You've watched The Bear and The Great. That is... Two great shows. Yeah. I will say that. Two great shows. Um... And I and I was listening to because I think this still counts. I was listening to an audiobook by wonderful comedian Billy Crystal, and I very much enjoyed that. It was very funny. Um, as far as audiobooks go, half of it was him recording like this, mm -hmm. and then the other half he performed in front of an audience, and that ah, was very okay. interesting. Yeah, because he writes stuff to be performed. So I found it very funny. I found it very moving. Um, highly check that out. It's called Still Fooling Them. <laughs> and and I enjoyed it. I loved it a lot. Um, he is in his sixties when he uh, wrote this book. So, all right, cool. Well, then let's talk about the main event tonight. I'm taking you back, October eleventh, nineteen ninety six, for a little film called The Long Kiss Goodnight, starring Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. This film is what happens when you take the director of Die Hard 2 and the writer of Lethal Weapon and you make a movie. Uh, directed by Rennie Harlan, 
uh, written by Shane Black. Um, Rennie Harlan had directed Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, Deep Blue Sea. Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, if you remember that, with Bruce Willis. Yeah. And Iron Man 3, what I believe is one of the most successful Iron Mans. He wrote that. So there you go. How awesome is that? Starring the amazing Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. This is in his pre-Marvel uh, days. Let's see. I'm going to do this. I think I, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Are you ready? What, what are you going to do? do it. I am going to do a summary in 60 seconds. Okay. Now, I know for a fact that you can do this <laughs> because you've already done it. I did. Because when we discussed what was upcoming and you said the long kiss goodnight and I thought, oh, I think I've heard of that one. You then gave me a plot synopsis. I did. And it was relatively short. And then I said, oh, no, that's not the one I was thinking of. Oh. So I know you can do this. I have full confidence in you. Take us away whenever you're ready. Okay. Before I do that, I want to point out that Stephen and I decided to go lighter color this time. Um, and we did not plan this. We did not plan so the, the... No. <laughs> I, we both look sort of purpley. So this is... <laughs> This is our purple episode. Um, pur- episode. Anyway, um, so, okay. Just wanted to share that. Yep, not, I spent some time of our time in people's ears listening to me say that. Okay. All right, here we go. I can do it. I can do it. I yes, felt so bad last time. I failed so bad. Let me see if I can do it. But it was amusing, though, so it's okay. Samantha Kane lives in a small town with her little girl, her boyfriend, her new friends, where she's a teacher. But Samantha Kane only has a memory for the last eight years of her life. She has no idea what her real name is. She has no idea about her past. In the long kiss goodnight, little by little, Samantha Kane's past catches up to her. And her memories come back. And she realizes that she is actually CIA agent Charlie Baltimore. A badass who kills people somewhat for fun. In the process of this, Samantha Kane and Charlie Baltimore lives collide, and she has to choose what is her life. And then a bunch of things blow up, and she kills a bunch of people, and Samuel L. Jackson tells a bunch of great jokes. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Nicely done. There you go. See, I knew you had it in you. I knew I could do it. So yes, this is a New Line Cinemas. Hang on, I got to move this microphone up here. Now, okay, all right, take take it down, take it easy. Okay. So, this film, The Long Kiss Goodnight, I will share my personal uh, experience with this very briefly, which is that somebody had me watch it. A friend had me watch it like a million years ago. May have even been on VHS. I'm not sure. And they loved that movie, so I ended up watching it often. And I liked it. I liked it. Um, I have not seen it, of course, in many, many years. But it was fun. I remembered that it was action hero, female-focused. I remember there were parts of it that I liked. There were a couple of parts that I remember not liking, but being like, okay, I guess. It went a little too far, but fine. Um, And I thought it would just be interesting because... You know, now it's a little bit more, you know, Angelina Jolie has done several things like Salt. You know, uh, I was was thinking about, you know, we have Black Widow. 
uh, Florence Pugh now doing really mm. cool stuff. There, um, Charlie Charlize Theron has done several incredible action movies, half of which I've watched. Uh, it's more this character, this female CIA badass, is more. We're more used to it now. We see it a lot more, and I feel like, in some ways, this film was a little ahead when it came to that. And I could be wrong. I'd have to look at other films, but. At least I think that was the intent. Mm-hmm. So again, I'd watched it many times when I started watching it. Some some of the jokes, just like in one of the other films, I would hear the punchline in my head when they would set up the joke. Right. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. But what about you? Had you ever seen this before? No, I had not seen this before. Uh, when you mentioned the title to me, that was actually my first exposure to it at all. Um, I thought... I knew which movie this was, but I was thinking of something completely different. Um, so no, this was brand new territory territory for me. Um I remember watching this in theaters. Really? I think I did. Okay. Okay. All right, folks. Here's the truth. I don't know if I watched it in theaters. Let me explain. I used to go to the movies all the time, all the time, all the time. And I watched Cutthroat Island, which came out before this, which also stars Gina Davis and is also directed by Rennie Harlan. Really? Yes. They did oh, that movie okay. first. In my head, I feel like Long Kiss came first and then they did Cutthroat Island, but it's the other mm-hmm. way around. They okay. did Cutthroat Island and then they did this. And I remember seeing Cutthroat Island See, now I'm doing it. Now you're doing it. I remember (laughs) seeing Cutthroat Island in the theater. However, for context, this is in 1996. In October of 1996, I did not see this in theaters. And this is how I know. Because in August of 1996, I moved from Puerto Rico to Pennsylvania and started attending college. Ah. So I was in college. I didn't go to the movie theater ever. Um, while I was in college. So, nope, that didn't happen. But I think Cutthroat Island came out in 1995 when I was still a high school student and I was absolutely going to the theater all the time. So, there very you go. Good. That was a very long story about a very tiny thing. Um, <laughs> I loved the setup for this film. I loved the fact that it's, hi, I'm Gina Davis, I'm a teacher, and I'm happy. Oh, yeah, by the way, I had a kid. I woke up on a beach with no memory, but now I'm okay. Took eight years, but I'm all better. I love that whole concept. They And they really hit it hard. I mean, she was like Mrs. Claus uh, at the, uh, you know, small town um, Christmas parade. Um, they have a Christmas party, which I'm going to go ahead and say was a little too cliched with some of the statements made a in it. Little it, bit, it, hurt yeah. a, it hurt a little. It was like the sugar. You could feel the sugar on your lips and you're like, <laughs> it burns. It's too much. Um, so they really set this up like she's awesome. She's sweet. And, and we don't have to worry about her. She's wonderful. Um, and then it's so funny because when you think about it, it's like Christmas party scene. And then it begins. Yes. She's taking a drunk neighbor home. They get into a car accident. She is thrown out of the car into the snow. And clearly something gets unwedged in the brain or some a door opens. And a little bit of her memory starts coming back, but very vague. 
Um, so anyway, I love that setup. What did you think about that? I liked the setup too. And mm -hmm. it was surprising to me just how quickly they got into it based on the trailer. I thought we were going to have an extended period where she just does not remember who she is. Um, but no, what is it like 10 minutes in and she's being yeah. thrown from the car mm -hmm. and, you know, bumped to the head. And all of a sudden she's chopping carrots like a maniac. Yes, there's this there's this scene that they use in the trailer and that I think was is a very well-known popular scene, which is that she's helping make dinner and, you know, she's just trying to cut some carrots and all of a sudden she it's her hand starts going faster and she starts cutting like a chef, right? And so there's this, wow, did this scene hurt a little bit though because I remembered that we had a scene where she just starts yelling like, give me something else, give me something else as she keeps chopping mm. stuff up. Right. What I didn't remember was the goofy soundtrack song that they played <laughs> underneath that yes. sounded like something out like late 80s kind of sound to it and it's like but this is 1996 it shouldn't sound that way maybe they did sound that way and i just didn't know it i didn't know any better um so yes it was like a goofy soundtrack but it also may have been intentional because they make it really happy and really goofy and and the boyfriend and the daughter they're throwing vegetables and she's just chopping up and there's this great moment where while they're looking for stuff she starts balancing the knife on one finger. It's very brief. By the tip of the knife as well. By the tip of the knife. And they don't really notice. Yeah, they don't really notice. And I think this was the first time me watching it that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like she's changing and they're not even paying attention. And then he tosses her a tomato and she throws the tomato and throws the knife, hitting the tomato right through the middle and getting into, you know, getting the knife cutting into the cabinet. I want you to know, my wife watched this film with me because I said, I think you'll like it. Um, she sort of did, but not completely. However, she said to me that the um, give me something else, I'm a chef scene was one of her favorite scenes in the film. She nice. really enjoyed it. And it is fun. But what I loved about it is it also gets dark, right? Because not long after all of this, while she is slowly recuperating just little bits, right? Again, she thinks, oh, maybe I was a chef. Maybe that was my thing. Yeah. Um, a one-eyed man shows up at her door who saw her, on, uh, <laughs> saw her in the parade, okay? He's in some prison somewhere watching TV, sees her in the parade, gets very angry, escapes prison, and then goes and tracks her down. And then we get the first violent scene, <laughs> right? What did you think about that? Because it, it got intense, like, real quick. It did, though the intensity had already wrap, uh, ramped up for me at that point with the scene with the deer. If you remember what she did to the deer after the car crash. Right, right. Um, so there was already hints of darkness that were uh, were sprinkled And I really did already. like that too, because uh, essentially they hit a deer and that scene that we talked about where she has the accident, it was because the deer came onto the road, they hit the deer and she wakes up. She, it, they're not showing that she has any memory or anything, but she wakes up and she's bleeding and she's just walking on the snow and she sees the deer is like half alive and struggling and she just calmly walks over to it and breaks its neck. Neck. <laughs> And it's, oh, I hit the microphone. And it's, it's the beginning of, uh-oh, 
there's something at play here that's way yeah. darker than we think. And I love that about the film. They are unapologetic about who Charlie Baltimore is. I think that's one of the strengths of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, so we have the that. So I guess you're right. Have, right. And then we have the big, you know, guy comes at the door and tries to kill her. Which I also enjoyed. <laughs> I did too. And I, I liked that we started the fight with her still being PTO mom. And then yeah. as the fight progressed, the, her darker side slowly comes out. Um, what was my note on here? Oh, throw her out the hole where she oh, takes yes. her daughter and just chucks her out this hole that's been blown in the side of the house to get her to safety. Um, yeah. And you, do you see where she throws her? Into the uh, her little treehouse, tree house. right? Yeah, she literally grabs her. <laughs> the guy shoots a thing and makes a side blow up, and then she tosses her daughter through it into the treehouse. Yep, which was amazing. Which I remembered that I remembered seeing it before, and I was still like, "Wow!" <laughs> and then I, I bring this scene up because it is still the continuation of the chef scene, because yes. she fights with the guy eventually after getting slammed another point i'm going to say about this movie gina davis gets punched in the face a lot lot in this movie enough so that even my wife said wow like you usually don't see like our female heroes getting punched in the face but gina davis is getting punched in the face like all the time um and and fighting like like badass um but at the end of that scene, she finally overpowers uh, One-Eyed Jack, I believe his name is. And then what does she do, Stephen? Unless I'm very much mistaken, she breaks his neck, doesn't she? Yep. Yep. Uh, I believe that is the second thing that she's killed. Yes. And she's going to kill a lot more. Um, yep, she breaks his neck, and her boyfriend is staring at her. And what does she say? I actually don't remember. You don't remember? No, I don't. Uh, chefs do that too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And he is wonderfully terrified. Yeah. <laughs> His face was so great. Like, <laughs> uh-oh, who are you? Um, this introduces the character of Hennessy, um, who I didn't learn, I think, until the very end what his first name was, because everybody calls him Hennessy. Hennessy, right. Yeah. Um, Hennessy is a private eye. A low-budget private eye. So apparently she has been paying, um, our character, of uh, Samantha Kane, has been paying private eyes to try to find out information about her. And she paid for really, she says at the beginning of the film, she paid for really good ones. And of course, when she didn't, couldn't afford it anymore, she paid for really cheap ones. And that's where we get Hennessy. So he makes a discovery about some of her stuff being found around the same time that all of this is happening. Leads her to go off with him. And then we get... What I think is a great performance by Samuel L. Jackson in this role. It is a ridiculous role. But I have to say, I think the jokes are funny. I think he is absolutely hysterical. Um, I think he has some of the best jokes in the film, right? The best lines are his. Um, I would, (laughs) even when I watch the trailer, there's a great scene where she's in an alley with a hitman, or, you know, who's been clearly hired to kill her. And he shows up to save her, save her, supposed to be. And her first question is, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm saving you. Uh, 
And she's like, were, were you born this stupid or did you take lessons? And without missing a beat, like the timing is so good, he goes, I took lessons. <laughs> I laughed at the trailer. They did it in the trailer. And when I watched the movie, they did it again. I burst yep. out laughing again because the <laughs> delivery is so great. And that is him throughout the whole film. Yes. He brings the yeah. comic relief, uh, but he also kind of brings like their friendship suddenly a sort of form throughout this film. And he keeps bringing her back and comparing this new person, Charlie Baltimore, to the person that he met before and kind of reminding her like, where did you didn't just make that up. Right. You that that is clearly some part of you is that. But anyway, it had to come from somewhere. Right. Can we talk about the use of machine guns in this film? Certainly. Because I think anyone from a certain age group knows that there are there's a period of films in where every bad, you know, bad guy has a machine gun. Yes. By the way, machine guns are famously bad for aiming, right? You spray yep. it, but it's, it has the accuracy is terrible. Um, but they're in every movie, which is, I guess, why all our heroes are still alive, because nobody's shooting straight. Um, yep. I laughed so hard when I, we were watching that and people just started pulling out machine guns. And from the other couch, I heard, does everybody have a machine gun? <laughs> <laughs> from my wife. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed <clears throat> watching this movie with her, by the way. Because uh, her commentary, as someone who'd never seen it, never heard of it, had no clue, it's always fun. It's always fun to have somebody with you. Um, I found the dream sequence very 90s. She has a dream in which she and Charlie Baltimore have a conversation. Unless I'm very much mistaken, she's looking in a mirror and then the oh, reflection yeah. changes. To she's in other a mirror, but character. she's also on the cliff of the beach. Yep. where she had to jump, we find out eventually. She sees what Charlie Baltimore actually looks like, which is different than how she looks like. But yes, it's through a mirror, and it was just so much. It was so, like, like level 15 when you should have been an 8. You know? I was like, what in the world? Um, how about... Okay. I know I'm just pointing out random things in this film. <clears throat> you have a daughter. When she was 8... Did you ever consider giving her a box of candles and a bunch of matches? Well, um, given our religion, yes. I knew you were going to do that. Not for yeah. a holiday. <laughs> I meant uh, daddy's going away for the weekend. Here, have some matches. No? Uh, no, no. That, you didn't do that? That did not occur to me, no. I was like, no. so when she goes away with Hennessy to try to figure out who she is, she gives her daughter a box of candles and then gives her a bunch of matches and says, you know, uh, light a vigil for me. Right? Just leave a candle in the window, which is very dangerous, folks. Don't do that. Um, and, and, and again, I was like, well, that's very sweet. Wait a minute. My daughter is a year younger than her. I wouldn't give my daughter matches for a long time. That's dangerous. What are they going to do? So, yes, um, I love that. Uh, we also get the uh, Brian Cox, who's, of course, yes! very yes! huge right now. Um, he makes a small appearance in the film uh, and then and then gets to be a, a body, a dead body, because everybody, almost everybody dies in this film, folks. 
This film is not one of those movies where you punch them and they fall down. No, in this film, you kill people left and right or you blow them up. In fact, in fact, man, we're going to go back to the scene a hundred times. All right. One of the other things that I notice is in that original deer car crash thing that we've already gone over a couple times. Yes. Oh, are you going to ask in... what I think you're going to ask? No. I'm not going to You're going to tell me what I hope you're going to tell me, right? And that, that the is neighbor the neighbor in the car is dead. Is dead is and now dead. is barbecue because yes. we didn't point it out, but the car is on fire yep. while she's breaking the neck of the that, deer. That was my very first note. What happened to the old man? Are oh. we to assume that well, he's passed out in the crash car, the crash car bursts into flame, and she gets up and rather than going back to the car to assist, goes over to the deer to break its neck. Okay. Old man's dead, right? No, Old man's dead. Yeah. Okay. I thought about that too, because I was like, why isn't she going to go help him? Yes. And then I thought right before that, the moment where you hit the crash, they they showed the deer in their windshield kicking and the deer kicks him in the head. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and then when the car crashes, of course, then he crashes his head again. I think they're trying to imply to us that he is definitely dead. Ah, so so your your theory is that he is dead long before the car bursts into flame. Yes, I think okay. he is dead, and that's why they let the car burst into flames. Uh, okay, because if he had been alive, then we otherwise been it gets very very dark very very quickly. <laughs> Not that that scene isn't dark enough, right? But yes, no. yes, yeah. I do remember when they cut away. It's like it's not a cut away. They like pull the camera back, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, and, and, and so the, the, you see, you know, Gina Davis in the snow with the dead deer. And then over here, you see the car that is now fully on fire. And I thought, he's dead, right? I think he's dead. Well, he is now. He's definitely now. If he wasn't before. Yeah. And nothing's moving. So I'm assuming we're, we're done. Yeah. Toast. Yeah. He's toast. Uh, <laughs> burnt toast. Anyway. Okay. 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 Yes. So we're going to stop talking about that damn scene. So... You know, it's your classic movie. Oh, I'm actually a spy. I need to remember I was stopping a big plot. Oh, wait, some of the good guys are actually bad guys. Every cliche that you can think of as far as spy movies go. It's in there. And they're not a cute kid. What was one of your favorite scenes in this film? One of my favorite scenes. Oh, let's see, let's see. Actually, uh, the one that I really, really liked, and I thought it was handled very well, was the reveal scene in which Brian Cox and Samuel L. Jackson are talking at the farm, and through their discussions, they suddenly realize that the guy that she, uh, Gina Davis thinks is her old fiancé is actually the guy she was attempting to kill eight years ago, and he's the bad guy. And I loved how they put the pieces together. They realized what was going on. And then all hell breaks loose, if I recall correctly. Absolutely. Yes. Then they start running I, and trying to catch up to her. And then more bad guys show up, including a helicopter. Yes. And so, this is when Brian Cox's character dies. Um, yes. We discover uh, during what we can refer to as the torture scene. The torture scene. Um, yep. And you know what's weird about the torture scene? Here's what's weird. Not that there's anything not weird about a torture so what, scene. What in particular stood out to you? <laughs> if you take a torture scene and then categorize it as far as a weirdness, right? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a spectrum within the torture scene. And what I remembered from watching it the first time, the second time or whatever, and then watching it this time, she is 
tied to a water wheel. Yep. Right? Um, and and that becomes its own thing, right? They dip her in the water, it's ice cold, she comes back up, etc. That's not what I remembered about that scene. Because they don't make it like super like, oh my gosh. I mean, she's even lit well underwater. But what I remember is when she gets free, spoiler alert, um, she goes to find Hennessy. And Hennessy is in like on the ground. Oh, yeah. He looks like he is naked and have, has had the complete whatever beaten out of him. Yeah. So he's like shaking and bleeding and whatever. And that was more intense than her at the water wheel. So I was like, good God, what did they do to him? And I remember that. I remember the visual, right? Because mm. it looks like he's like in a cave or whatever, like in a hole. Um, and I thought that was really intense then. I still think it's really intense. Um, and then she just goes and is like, okay, let's go. You got tortured. Sorry, let's go. Okay. Well, we're done with that, huh? This movie did um, did foreshadowing very well. Uh, I've got another note here, which is Chekhov's oh. cast, where she writes her mobile number on her daughter's cast so that she can call her whenever she wants. Yes. And as soon as she did that, I wrote that down because I knew, okay, at some point in the future, the bad guy is going to get hold of the girl. The bad guy is going to get the number off the cast. She's going to get a call from the bad guy. And, and did that happen? That is, that is exactly what happened. exactly what happened. This movie there's, has a little bit of that. There you know? is the foreshadowing with the, the crotch gun. Uh, there is foreshadowing with the candle in the window. That comes into play a little later on. I liked those touches, personally. <laughs> I, I thought they were good. Not not over the top, but they just No, right. I, li- I liked these little hints of foreshadowing. I just didn't... I, I found that the, the gun in the pants underwater, you know, that's how she saves herself. I was just like, okay. Like, I didn't not like it. I just thought it was kind of goofy. I'm like, all right, sure. Um, I, I think if um, Brian Cox's character hadn't referenced it earlier... I'd be on board with you, and that would just be okay. It, it's silly that he still had a gun on him. But the fact that they set it up and spelled out explicitly, oh, here it is, and no one looks for it there. Right. I, that, that's what made it work for me. Let me ask you this. Yes. What scene didn't work? Or was not, like, <clears throat> your favorite? I have um, one in particular <clears throat> where I went, okay, that's too much. If I had to pick one scene, I would say it is the scene in the hotel room following this episode at the farm in which she attempts to get Samuel L. Jackson into bed. Okay. That that was the bit that was just a little over the top for me. I, okay. It, I, I didn't think it worked quite as well as the rest. Um, yeah. I mean, I liked the concept because essentially she gets all her memory back, right? Um, there is something that they do with this character, which I think is really interesting. Um, and my wife actually pointed it out to me. I said Charlie Baltimore's unapologetic, right? She had no memory of having a kid. She had no memory of any of that as Charlie Baltimore. So when she gets her Charlie Baltimore brain back, essentially, she's just like, uh, I, I don't care about those people. That's not my life. That's not who I am. Right. Whatever happened, happened, but I, I don't care. That's not my kid. I didn't ask for a kid. I'm not having a kid. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And the reason I sort of like that scene 
is because she essentially comes on to Hennessy and, you know, she's doing shots and she's like, let's go, let's do this. By the way, one of my favorite lines that I've never forgotten because it was so weird <laughs> when she uh, suggests that maybe they bump pelvises. And I was like, I've never heard that stated like that. And I'm never going to forget. And folks, I never have. And it mm. leads to him pulling out the pictures that she's clearly thrown in the trash of his of her boyfriend and daughter and saying, you're just trying to forget this. And I was like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. And, and it leads, I thought it led to an interesting conversation. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. But that was my thought on that. I, I think in general, I wasn't overall pleased with how they handled the... I don't want to say how they handled the amnesia. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about amnesia, so I've, I've got the layperson's view here. Folks, we are not doctors. No, not at all. Okay. So we've cleared uh, it up. La <laughs> last biology class I took was in high school. I actually wasn't a fan of how when the memories started coming back, it wasn't just a, oh, I'm filling in the gaps of things that I no longer remember. Yeah. It was more like schizophrenia or split personality where there is assassin me and yes. there is PTO mom me and the two are butting heads. Yes. Uh, I just waved my hands in front of the microphone. I hope that didn't mess things up too much. Nope. I bumped into it with my face a couple of times during this Fantastic. episode, so you're good. <laughs> Excellent. Let's keep the quality where we've established it. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Good. good. Good, good. All right. But no, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the two personalities being at odds with one another. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I I would have preferred if it were kind of a more of a, a filling in the gap yeah. um, type of uh, reveal if you will. Mm -hmm. um, the amnesia was kind of sloppy. Uh, they, yeah. they really did weird stuff with it. Um, at the end of the film, we see her kind of accept the duality of her roles. And suddenly she becomes like, she, well, they, they kidnap her kid. And I think that's the catalyst for her accepting that she has a kid and she cares about a kid. Yes. Um, I think I had a note that uh, my wife wrote, that was very sudden shift. Because, I mean, it was, it's very, there's no gradual change here. One moment, she just didn't care what you did with the kid. And the next moment, she's, you know, risking everything to save the child. Right. So that was like, okay, okay. Um, sure, let's do that. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting movie. In the, in the process, of course, we have a secret operation, Operation Honeymoon, which sounds so lame. But uh, there you go. That's what it was. Of course, there's a bomb uh and on and on and things explode and at the end of the day samuel L. jackson who has been shot out of a house and is half <laughs> half alive um that, saves the day you you asked me about my favorite scenes that yeah. is my other favorite scene poor samuel l jackson i feel sorry for him yeah but the scene in which she explodes a bunch of barrels of kerosene and he while tied to a chair gets blown out the window through the hotel marquee into a tree and then falls down into the snow i love that so much that's great he looks terrible for the rest of the film because how could he not he'd already been tortured like within yeah. 24 hours ago and now he's being shot out of a house like he was shot out of a cannon that was great again he's great all right i'm gonna point out something in the middle and something at the beginning okay 
Let's start with the beginning. Did you notice how long the intro to this film was? Are we talking the opening credits? The opening or? credits. Um, I did not notice the timing on the opening credits because I was uh, caught up with what was being shown during the opening credits. Very nice. Very nice. The opening just, credits were almost, they were just shy of three minutes long. Okay. Because I was sitting there like, okay, we get it. Let's go. And what I realized was there was a time where we had longer opening credits, I think, for movies, right? We had kind of intro scenes. We, I saw that was Seven. Seven had that. And it was the same yeah. thing. They're trying to show us something visual, giving us clues to what's going to happen. This wasn't so much giving us clues as explaining the entire plot, if you were paying close attention to what was going on. Yeah, that's true. And you had three minutes of it, which felt yeah. a little long. Um, I, I did not get to say what my least favorite scene is. You Thank you for asking. My oh. least favorite scene in this film, and it has always been my least favorite scene because it's just too much. Okay. Here, I wrote it down. Ice skating with guns. Ice skating with guns. There is a moment oh, is, right is when this they... this during the, the chase? They kidnap her daughter, and they, this, the car starts going, and she looks over. And uh, by the way, they did a lot of foreshadowing once again, yeah. because she walks by the skates and kicks them to the side, these ice skates that are just on like the front of their house or whatever. She runs upstairs. She comes out. The chase is happening. She realizes if she cuts through like the lake, she can get to her. So she grabs the skates. And you have to understand, at this point, she has like a high caliber rifle and a handgun. And she's skating across a frozen lake. I mean, and then, of course, aiming and firing and, of course, saving the day. I was like, okay, too far, too far. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's, it's, it's almost comical. Mr. Shane Black, would Riggs have done that in Lethal Weapon? I don't yes. Know. Not on the ice skates. Not, not on ice skates, but... If I am remembering the Lethal Weapon movies correctly, I think he does some pretty outlandish stuff. Yes. I'm actually remembering a fall into a pool. Yes. Which I found fascinating as a child. <laughs> do you do that? How cool. Anyway. Okay. Back, back right, on anyway, track. Back, back, on, back on track. Back on track. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about this. So, <clears throat> let's talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and if we found anything problematic. Or prickly. As I mentioned earlier, I liked the use of foreshadowing, and okay. I liked that they used it properly. Because okay. everything that I noticed that they kind of said, oh, you know, this might come into play later, actually did come into play later. There wasn't anything that they introduced and then just forgot about. Yeah. I liked that. <clears throat> um, I do have some quibbles with the movie. Quibbles. A couple small, a couple small ones, and then one gigantic one, which Ooh. I'm, I'm hoping you can help me with because I'm usually hoping... I'm the one with the big quibbles, so I'm very excited about this. I'm hoping that there was a line that someone said okay. either softly under their breath or that I just missed. Okay, that would help account for this. All right, uh, so <clears throat> let's start with the start good. The good. Uh, well, the the good, the the use of foreshadowing. The action sequences are phenomenal. They're great. I wrote that uh, down too. The action sequences are 
freaking great. Yeah. Any scene with Samuel L. Jackson, any scene with Samuel L. Jackson getting blown out of a building, excellent. Loved it. You know what I wrote? I wrote the jokes, but when I Mm -hmm. say the jokes, I really mean Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. Right? (laughs) Because he's part of all the jokes, you know? But yeah, it's just... Again, I'm trying not to quote them because I want to quote them, but I'm not going to quote them because they, they, they're not as funny when I do it. But every, every line was great. You know, so many of his lines were just wonderful. Oh, the, the comedy was written really well. There, there was one of his comic scenes in which he actually did not say anything that I actually loved. Okay. And that was when Gina Davis kicks him out of the SUV. Yes. And he tucks and rolls and just lies in the middle of the street, pulls out a cigarette, Lights it, takes a couple puffs on the cigarette while lying in the street with cars driving past him in the other lane. And then the truck pulls back up. Gina Davis opens the door, says, get in. It's like, oh, you found a use for me, did you? <laughs> but I just the that. just the lying there smoking a cigarette. Like, yeah, she'll be back. Yeah. And they, they hold on him. They, the the <laughs> shot holds on him, pulls back, and he's just chilling. He's just waiting. Uh, that that was great. I loved what a pure badass they made uh, Charlie Baltimore. Mm. She kills yeah. a lot of people. Like, she really just goes and, you know, murders people. They didn't shy away from that. Sometimes they do that, right? We talked, we said this a little bit earlier. Sometimes with uh, female spies or whatever, they, they can be, at least in the past, a little bit more, like, gentle or whatever. She yeah. was not. She no. is like a punch you in the face, stab you in the eye. Actually, One-Eyed Jack, the reason he's One-Eyed Jack is because she stabbed him in the eye. And they showed us that. Um, and so now he only has one eye. So, yes. Um, I love that. I loved what an intense badass they made her. I think those are my three. So the action sequences, yep. everything Samuel L. Jackson did in this film. Yep. And... Uh, uh, I almost said Harriet the Spy. Gina the Spy. Uh, Gina the Spy kicks ass and is great to watch. She's a great action star. Um, She's right up there with, in my head, uh, Charlize. I think Charlize is an incredible action star. Yes. Please do more, Charlize. Please do more, Charlize. Charlize and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. And honestly, Florence Pugh. Florence Florence Pugh. Well, Florence Pugh, do anything you want. Well, I'll watch it. Um, (laughs) Okay, I was going to say may, one May I thing. just say that the yes, mental image that you put into my head of Harriet the Spy being this violent is... Awesome. <laughs> eyebrow raising. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I meant to say eyebrow raising. Okay, so we've, right. we've hit the good. We've done the good. We liked that stuff. What didn't we like? Didn't like. There were three things of which I can currently remember two. Da-da-da-da. Nope, okay. nope, got it. Nope, right. he got it back. So... We're in back. in order from least annoying to the gigantic plot hole that I'm hoping you can help me fill. Uh, first off, where are the Canadians? The end scene, the end action scene, takes place on a bridge between America and Canada. It is the border crossing. And yet, for some reason, despite the fact that there is a truck on fire, a helicopter firing machine guns, tons of uh, flashing red and blue lights on the American side, the Canadian checkpoint on the other side is completely empty. Just go, is what they're saying. It's fine. Come on in, eh? Um, (laughs) 
So you're right. Min- you're minor right. quibble there. Minor quibble there. Uh, second quibble yeah. was the fact that when when Charlie gets her daughter out from the bad guys where they're holding her and says, just run, go hide. For some reason, she decides to go towards the truck, which is swarming with bad guys, and hide inside one of the uh, the, the tool kits that's built onto the yeah. side of the truck. And I just could not figure out why, given that there was a dark forest about 50 feet from where they were standing. That reminds me of a series of car commercials that they did. Uh, I want to say it was like Geico or something. And it was uh, it was kind of like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, you know, oh yes, and they're like, yeah. the, they're they're trying to run away, right? And they're like, oh, quick, uh, should we go to that well lit house? It's like, no, 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 let's run through the cemetery. Yeah, and and they have let's, the bad guy like, really, let's hide in this garage behind yes. all the chainsaws that are hanging down from the ceiling. Yeah, I remember that's what those. this reminds me of with the kid. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Wrong way. Don't go towards the bad people. <laughs> go to the woods. Go away from yeah. All right, and then finally the big one, finally. which big, again, oh, big one! If you can, if you can help me okay. out here, All right, I'm ready. I will I'm be ready. grateful. Eight years ago, yeah, Charlie Baltimore was on the track of Daedalus, uh-huh. or Luke, as he's Luke. now known. Yes, she gets captured by Timothy, tortured by One-Eyed Jack, and then ultimately shot in the head, I think, and then falls off the cliff into the sea, and thus starts her eight years' worth of amnesia. Right. Correct? Right. Okay. Am I to assume the bad guys then said, you know what? We had this plan. Let's put it on hold for, I don't know, eight years. Eight years. And... You know, the, the timing of it that, oh, she happens to regain her memory right as they're actually putting everything into motion. Yes. I, I will give the movie that. That is just kind of a movie conceit that, oh, yeah, the timing's going to line up. Otherwise, you wouldn't have the movie Correct. itself. Of course. But why did the bad guys decide, you know what? We're going to stop what we had planned and not do it for eight years. <laughs> Let's just do uh, two election cycles. And yeah. then we'll think about it. That was the only possible explanation I could come up with because the um, uh, one of the the rogue FBI agents is having issues with funding, and so he's going to basically stage a terrorist attack in order to get more defense funding. That's correct. So, so I was thinking, all right, maybe eight years ago, did they do something else? <laughs> that kept them going for eight years or did something happen that kept them going for eight years and that's why it was postponed that was the one thing that just did Mm. not sit well with me was that okay the agent who got this close to stopping us is out of the picture well we can put our feet up now that should be fine we'll take a break i mean we're so tired let's just wait let's do some sudoku let's just (laughs) And you know, to be clear, that that is a script writing quibble on my part. Um, no, hundred percent. No, I'm with you. No, I, <laughs> the, it didn't the, make the any acting, sense. Directing, it's fun, almost phenomenal. as bad just... as the you know operation. Did I call it operation, operation honeymoon? Honeymoon. Yes. It's no, really I, dumb. Um, no, it's it is dumb until you re- cons- uh, you realize that it is taking place at Niagara Falls. It's still a bit 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's on, the on, on the nose and kind of silly, nose. but all right. But it's it, all right. It it kind of makes so sense. So you okay? So go ahead. Uh, the only other question that I had, and I, this really wasn't a, a bad thing, the the bridge. Yeah. Does that actually exist, or was that created purely for the movie? I would like you to know that in my research, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I didn't read anything about the bridge. All right. I don't know. Um, they made I a lot of things curious. go kaboom. In fact, I think that's one of the last notes that I have. It just says, kaboom! Um, they were really good at making things go kaboom in this movie. Ah, uh, I loved it. Okay, and let me see. May oh. I say, may I say, and I, I apologize because this goes back to something that is good. I hope it's about the deer scene. <laughs> no, it's it's the truck explosion. <laughs> yes. The truck explosion because our dear bad guy, Timothy, has been thrown from the helicopter and is lying, landed on top of the tanker truck that is about to explode. Mm -hmm. And then it explodes. And I appreciated, I liked the fact that when the explosion starts, we get a shot of his body and you see it lifting with the rest of the truck before the, the big fireball. I don't know why I liked that. Yeah. But that, that's that little detail. I, I appreciated that. All right. My apologies. Now you're on. good. Uh, so, okay. Did, um, speaking of Timothy, and I'm sorry, I'm getting us well off track here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Birko, I believe, was the actor that played Timothy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. I had a I had a thought, and I must apologize to Mr. Birko because the thought when he first appeared on screen was, "Oh, that role was intended for Ben Affleck. He looked very much like a young Ben Affleck." They have a very similar uh, facial features. So, Samantha Kane wakes up with no identity. And no memory. And I guess she immediately enrolled in college so that she could be a teacher eight years later? I don't know where I am. I would like to start the core curriculum, please. And I was like, how did you become a teacher? They didn't even say she was like a substitute. Not, you know, when in most states you have to have a degree to be a substitute. They were like, no, 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 she's a teacher. And I'm like, how? She doesn't have any identification. We don't even know if she finished high school. How is she a teacher? So that was one thing. Um, if I may uh, echo that sentiment, yeah. um, the, the first portion of the movie runs very, very rapidly from one event to another. It shocked me how quickly we went from I have been thrown out of the window and snapped a deer's neck to I'm recovering in the hospital to I'm chopping, chopping carrots high speed with a knife she and heals it, fast. It, it really seemed like, oh, one night car crash, one day in hospital, following day, are oh, you back at home and doing fine? There were only two things that I just went, hmm, hmm, that I would say they lean towards the prickly. I have no issue with um, female characters expressing their sexuality. Totally fine. But let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a motel where they just didn't have a shower curtain? Why was there a shot of Gina Davis showering and they're like, we don't need a shower curtain? Nah, get rid of it. We want to see the sort of silhouette of her naked body. Not enough that we have to raise the rating, but just right. Just a tip, just a hint, just a side a little, little hint of a, a vague side everything. 
Uh, didn't understand that. <laughs> and also, and I, I wish I could take credit for this because my wife pointed this out and I had to think about it for a while. Cause I'm like, oh no, mm. it's just something they do. And then today I was thinking about it some more. Cause she said this last night. And then I was like, she's right. So if you're going to torture someone on a water wheel, Stephen, do you need to remove most of their clothing? Well, yes. I, that That's standard protocol, right? Right? Because she's in a kind of... It, it, I mean, it could have been a nightgown. It could have been, you know, uh, what do you call it? Oh, I'm I, blanking it. Yeah. could have been something. I, I, yeah. But, yeah. And so uh, Shay was like, why? Why? I said, why what? We're watching the scene. She's like, why is she half naked now? And I was like, well, you know, because of the torture? <laughs> it's and here on then, page two. Tie to yeah, water yes. wheel, remove most of... It's like, first get person unconscious, then carefully take off her items, fold them and put them to the side, then tie her to a water wheel, then torture her. But they want to make sure she looks hot while she's being tortured and not yes. in like soaky clothes. Yeah, it was very confusing. And I was like, yeah. why yeah, did no, you take you, the time to do right. that? And I had, no, she was. Jay was right. And she said, um, and I, I, I will quote her here. She was like, huh, it's almost like this was made for a male audience. And I was like, ooh, ouch. It was written by a male and filmed by a male, and I got nothing. So points to her on that one. I'm going to give yeah. that point to her. Let us, uh, here's a point. Something probably happened then. Um, anyway, okay. So, yes. So, uh, yeah, that was actually the biggest thing, I think. Those are the biggest, like, points there's a couple of plot holes right there's a couple of little plot points that you're like okay you kind of brushed over that all right so overall did we like this film does this film hold up what do we think overall yeah i liked this film i liked it quite a lot the individual scenes are very well uh put together very well shot agreed um there is some uh excellent acting funny script writing it it moves at a good pace i i have a slight you know issue with the way some of the scenes are tied together but apart from that very enjoyable yeah i mean i think watching it this time i thought okay i can kind of see a little bit more of the blemishes now yeah than i could before so it's not perfect it's far from perfect um but i still sort of enjoyed it I mean, I did enjoy it. I, I, again, what, you know what? When the movie fails, then you're like, oh, okay, you kind of missed that. It's either yeah. too cliched or too whatever. But a lot of times when the movie hits right, it's good. And so I think it's an imperfect film. I think there are parts of it that you'll probably be like, okay, this is kind of annoying or this is kind of really over the top or this is kind of cliched. But when it comes to the action sequences, the comedy, the acting, like it has good things going for it too. You just have to kind of, I think you have to go into it assuming that it's going to be a little like 1990s over the top action. Yes. And then you'll be fine. And then you'll write it fine. And I will say, other than the weird shower scene and the, you know, sexy torture scene, from the like the kind of my usual like feminist rant perspective, no, you're good. You made a strong character who was unapologetic, kicked people's asses, and broke a lot of necks. 
Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. I think I liked it. I think I liked this. I will say one one factoid. I know sometimes I do way too many factoids, but here's the fun factoid. And you can tell this, uh, Steve, if you watch the film, because at the end, Hennessy looks like he's barely surviving. Mm-hmm. He originally died in the film. Okay. At the end. Right. And in one of the early cuts. And I read this. They did a, a test screening. Oh, and the somebody, audience did not like that? They did not like it to the point that somebody yelled, You can't kill Sam Jackson! <laughs> nice. So they took it away. They took it away. But I think it's also why you don't see him in the end. You know, I think they filmed his death scene. And then they re-edited it. So you see her conclusion, but we don't have any, like, later with Hennessy. I think it's oh, because we, they had already wrapped. Well, so they, we, we do, though, because we have the, uh, the scene close to the end where he appears on the Larry King show. Oh, that's true. <gasps> then, I, then I'm going to... You're right. So I'm going to put money that they added that. Yes, that I, was, I would agree. They brought him back to do that. So I think it's still, it has gotten, it's one of those films that has gotten a following years later. Yeah. So we seem to do a lot of those. Watership Down, uh, Legend <laughs> of Billie Jean. Yeah, we do a lot of those. So some movies, they're not, it's not the right time or things are not, things are not aligned correctly for them. And I, I do think in some ways this one was a little bit ahead of its time. Um, while at the same time being very, very on its time as far as cliches. <laughs> like, it's yes. really 1996. Thank you very so much. Very much so. I think that's it. I think, we've, I think that's all we have to say, is it? Do we have I anything so. left to say to these people? Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> about the movie? No. About but, anything? Uh, well, in general, thank mm. you for listening or watching. You know, that's a good point. Thank you all for listening to us jabber on about this film. You can watch this film. Uh, you can rent it on Amazon um, and I think other places as well. I didn't find anywhere where it's free, unfortunately. We had to pay. So this video is sponsored by us and our <laughs> meager bank accounts. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Sit back, it's time to get groovy. Question, do you remember that movie?